Krishna Krishna Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Jaya Radha Kalachanji Radha Kalachanji Radhe Jaya Jaya Jagannath 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 Jaya Jaya Jagannath Jaya Jaya Baladev 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 Jaya Jaya Baladev Jaya Jaya Subhadra 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 Jaya Jaya Subhadra Jaya Jaya Gornitai 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 Jaya Jaya Gornitai Nitai Goro Haribo 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 Nitai Goro Haribo Nitai Goro Haribol 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 Nitai Goro Haribol Nitai Goro Haribol 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 Nitai Goro Haribol Shai Shai Shri 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 Lover Prabhupada ki jai, jai shishi ravakala chanji, dam ki jai. So continuing to read from Canto 1 of the Srimad Bhagavatam and Chapter 3. And again, the topic of Chapter 3. Text 37, Krishna is the source of all, of all incarnations. So text 37 is on the board. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya 
Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Nai chasha kasya nupinya datu aveti jantu komanisha uti namane rupani mano vachobi satan vatanata charyan ivagnya na chasya kasya nipuni datu aveti jantu komanisha uti namane rupani mano vachobi santan vatonata charyan ivagnya Na chasya kasjanupini tato aveti jantu kumanishi uti namani rupani mano vachabi santan vato natajariam evajna. So we'll do word for word. Na not cha and. Asya, of him, kashit, anyone, nipunya, by dexterity, data, of the creator, aveti, can know, jantu, the living being, kumanisha, with a poor fund of knowledge. Uti. Activities of the Lord. Namani. His name. Rupani. His forms. Manavachabi. By dint of mental speculation of deliverance or deliverance of speeches. By dint of mental speculation or deliverance of speeches. Santavata, displaying. Natacharyam, a dramatic action. Eva, like Agnya, the foolish. So the translation here is the foolish with a poor fund of knowledge cannot know the transcendental nature of the forms, names, and activities of the Lord who is playing like an actor in a drama. Nor can they express such things neither in their speculations nor in their words. Purport, no one can properly describe the transcendental nature of the absolute truth. Therefore, it is said that he is beyond the expression of mind and speech. And yet, There are some men with a poor fund of knowledge who desire to understand the absolute truth by imperfect mental speculation and faulty description of his activities. 
to the layman, his activities, appearance, and disappearance, his names, his forms, his paraphernalia, his personalities, and all things in relation with him are mysterious. There are two classes of materialists, namely the fruitive workers and the empiric philosophers. The fruitive workers have practically no information of the absolute truth, and the mental speculators, after being frustrated in fruitive activities, turn their faces towards the absolute truth and try to know him by mental speculation. And for all these men, the absolute truth is a mystery. As the jugglery of the magician is a mystery to children. Being deceived by the jugglery of the supreme being, the non-devotees who may be very dexterous in fruitive work and mental speculation are always in ignorance. With such limited knowledge, they are unable to penetrate into the mysterious region of transcendence. The mental speculators are a little more progressive than the gross materialists or the fruitive workers. But because they are also within the grip of illusion, they take it for granted that anything which has form, a name, and activities is but a product of material energy. For them, the Supreme Spirit is formless, nameless, and inactive. And because such mental speculators equalize the transcendental name and form of the Lord, with mundane names and forms, they are in fact in ignorance. With such a poor fund of knowledge, there is no access to the real nature of the Supreme Being. As stated in the Bhagavad Gita, the Lord is always in a transcendental position even when he is within the material world. But ignorant men consider the Lord one of the great personalities of the world, and thus they are misled by illusory energy.
Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Suya Dvaita Gadara Shivasati Shikorva. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. There were, um, there were a couple of key points in the scriptures um, on recognizing the transcendental nature or the forms, um, nature of the forms, names, and activities of the Lord. Bhagavad Gita is also uh, very thorough in that, so I thought I'd jot some points down. And it's interesting how nicely Srila Prabhupada puts those with a poor fund of knowledge very nicely because if we wanted to be honest and blunt with people, but always we want to be tactful, we would say that those that are just ignorant of certain information will still go on nonetheless and pretend that they know this and they know that, when actually one of the um, weaknesses or the faults of the jiva, once he enters the material world, is that he is imperfect. His senses are imperfect. And if you really accept that point, that the senses are imperfect, and that man does not know everything, then you'd have to wonder why a person would take it upon themselves and try to speak of that which he is not familiar with, that that he does not know well at all. But you will find so many people, even more so now in Kali Yuga, not that they didn't do it when uh, Krishna was on the planet, but they do it now where you read a little bit and you don't really grasp it, but you run away with it. And sometimes you'll use such knowledge to facilitate certain things that one does. One can put on a garb or a particular type of dress and assume the identity of a saintly person when in actuality, unless they are a bona fide spiritual master or they're speaking from the bona fide scriptures, undiluted, untouched, it would be very foolish to accept any information like that from an individual. The points that I, I noted were, of course, when we are using mental speculation of that which we do not know, ultimately, it ends up to be a waste of time. In the Mahabharat, uh, the Bhishma Pava 522, it states, 
How can that which is beyond the imagination or sensory speculation of mundane creatures in Yes, we're here in the material world, so we kind of fall under the categories of mundane creatures. How can that be approached by logic? The other points? In Chaitanya Chachamrita Adilila 8.32, the purport states that and this is, a, this is one that's challenging uh, to most people. Sometimes, even if you've been a devotee for a while, it's still challenging. That word is submissive. And in uh, Chaitanya Chachamrita, it states, one should be a submissive student of the six Goswamis. From Shilarupa Goswami to Raghunath Das Goswami. By not following their instructions, but imagining how to worship Gorasunda and Radha Krishna, it is a great offense and a certain ensure path to hell. In Krishna consciousness, there are processes guidelines, procedures that one must follow when one wants to sincerely worship the Lord with all of the proper honors that the Lord deserves. Now, you can say sometimes out of ignorance that someone does not know all the particular things, but their hearts are very sincere. Krishna understands those situations. But it's when someone knows they don't understand and they try to, what's the saying, pull the wool over someone's eyes or make one believe that they know what they're talking about. And they speak upon things which do not really uh, exist. Specifically, the Bhagavad Gita, for instance, there are so many different interpretations of the Bhagavad Gita as it is. And what I find challenging sometimes is to come across, I don't know how this is going to go, but to come across someone that takes it upon themselves to rewrite the Bhagavad Gita with another interpretation. Now, it's been done before, and I came into the movement understanding that it is as it is. Srila Prabhupada wrote it as it was handed down through the parampara. What is the need of touching it and giving a different translation of it? Now, when you're explaining it, as I've said many times, many different people may come before you and read a particular text, and they will give you their spin on it or what they understand, but ultimately the context of it is still in the scripture. It is very important that when one wants to learn about the Lord, that you go to someone that is learned 
a bona fide spiritual master. And it listed some of the qualities, and those same qualities or similar qualities should exist in the jiva. A bona fide spiritual master is not only understanding the scriptures and the comings and goings of the Lord and his appearances and disappearance, but there are certain characteristic traits that one has. And I believe it's in the end of the Bhagavad Gita. I'll read that one later. But going on, I'll have to remember to bring that back. In a lecture... In a lecture in Seattle, Srila Prabhupada was um, speaking to a crowd. This was September 25th, 1968. Srila Prabhupada states, if you want to understand spiritual science, then you have to approach a person where you can completely surrender. And that word comes up again, surrender. It's been given negative connotations um, in Kali Yuga because when you say surrender in Kali Yuga, to most people it means you're giving up your very being to someone else that you don't really know, but you have to trust them to give you certain information, direction, and that's another quality that's important. Whoever it is that you take instructions from, you have to be able to trust them. My own example is my example. When I heard about the devotees, well, I had seen the devotees before um, in, the, um, in, in Detroit. Didn't know much about them, didn't have an opinion on them. I had seen them. Um, I was given an opportunity to be in the presence of a devotee that had taken shelter of a Prabhupada disciple. And I had that real big issue of giving my attention, even my attention to someone that I didn't know, let alone listening to them speak on something that I was not familiar with. I wasn't going for that. And I laugh sometimes, and then I shudder too because I was given the opportunity to hear from one of Srila Prabhupada, well, a couple of Srila Prabhupada's disciples. I saw a tape of His Holiness Tamal Krishna Goswami during a bhakti yoga class that was held in, um, in Detroit. And uh, Ladini Shakti was leading the class. Very interesting. I also had the opportunity to talk to some disciples or aspiring disciples of His Holiness Bhakti Tirta Swami. And they were so intent on either having had taken initiation or they were in the process of wanting, aspiring for Bhakti Tirta Swami. And they had given him so many, so many accolades, so many positive things, but To me at that time, here I am, a grown woman. I don't know you. This is a new movement. It means nothing to me. I'm just here because I'm doing you a favor. I didn't take it seriously, but 
it was something new to me. And myself personally, I don't like to be around something or hearing something and I don't understand it. I like to investigate. I like to ask why, what, when, where. I like to ask a lot of questions. And I would encourage anyone that hasn't taken shelter to be, feel free to do that. But I asked a lot of questions about um, Bhakti Tirta Swami. And to tell you how naive I was, I still wasn't convinced. But when you are sincerely looking for something, some shelter, and if you put forth a little effort, and my effort at that time was in the temple doing some miscellaneous service. I was doing that. And of course, having the association of devotees, I began to relinquish that wall that I had around me that stated, I'm not going to listen to anyone. I'm not taking, what is this, take shelter of someone. I don't need to take shelter of anyone. I softened a bit. And one of the best paths on the way to understanding the transcendental nature and the transcendental forms of Krishna is that you have to, you really have to trust what you're hearing. You have to have somewhat of an understanding, and you also have to have a desire to want to know. Um, what was the key thing? I began to watch the activities of the devotees, those that were sincere devotees, those that were aspiring to be devotees, and they all seemed sincere. And when I had an opportunity, I listened to the sannyasis that came through, and I was fortunate because they took the time to explain Krishna consciousness. They took the time to let me know that they were open to questions. And it wasn't like you were just being beat over the head with information and don't ask any questions. One thing I've never, ever done is followed anything blindly. Nothing. I mean, right down to the point where my parents would tell me something. It's like, let me investigate this. I don't believe you. I was that kind of a kid. I'm sure I drove them nuts. But the point is, that energy got me here because I had to be really comfortable with the information that I was getting from the sannyasis. I had to understand the scriptures. And I also had to want to know more about who I am, why we're in this world. And later on, those things will come to you eventually. But what I found, oh, the point I was going to get back to is the point that I found that really helped me understand the transcendental nature of the Lord was devotional service. That was the part where I was saying that I did various service in the temple devotional service, on the path of devotion, taking the devotional path is one of the best ways of understanding the transcendental nature of the Lord. 
because you established um, a rapport, a rasa, a relationship with the Lord. And just like anything else, when you're around someone often enough and you have association and you understand them, you either develop some feeling of trust, some feeling of um, being comfortable or or vaguely familiar with them, and you begin to trust a little bit and you begin to drop your guard. Well, Krishna allows you to feel comfortable enough to drop your guard when you are hearing his bona fide scriptures, when you are hearing from a spiritual master. And yes, we can read the scriptures, we can read the books and get the same information, but it's also important to take actual physical shelter, well, let's say physical shelter, of a spiritual master. Because you may have questions, and yes, other people can answer them, but a spiritual master has seen things, and he knows things, and he knows a lot more, as a rule, than we do, so he can answer, and he can soften the steps of the approach that one takes to become a devotee, because you become trusting, you Develop faith. You develop faith in the association that you're surrounded with. You develop faith in the literature that you're hearing. Now, the other point, I didn't want to get too far off track. Um, okay, it was um, with Srila Prabhupada's lecture, September 25th. Yeah, okay. The other one was the teachings of Lord Chaitanya, and this is chapter 11. And it goes like this. My dear Lord, devotional service unto you is the best path for self-realization. If one gives up that path, and engages in speculation, he will undergo a troublesome process and not achieve the results. And they gave the example of an empty husk of wheat where there's nothing in it, but you're just beating it and beating it and just I know beating it to death does not really fall into place because you can't beat a husk of wheat to death, but you're just beating it and you're getting absolutely nothing. And sometimes we have those individuals that will expound upon different subjects and have no grasp of what they're trying to get across, and sometimes they lose special souls. Sometimes you may get one chance in a lifetime to come across the knowledge of God consciousness, of the path of devotional service. So when we're given that opportunity in these human forms, we should take full advantage of it, and we should be particular about who we get the information from. 
There was a last point, and then I'll get back to um, the actual topic so that I don't stray too far off. Mm, Yes. Sometimes what devotees will come across, and you have to be careful too, because when you're preaching to people, you also have to know when to stop and when to back up and to back away. When you're trying to give the information of Krishna, of self-realization, of transcendentalism, to someone who prefers not to hear, then to continue to describe information to that type of personality, you're actually doing them an offense. So we also have to be aware of when we have a really good ear that wants to listen. Um, Oh, yes, yes, yes. In uh, chapter 14, text 52, 54, the Bhagavad Gita, I wanted to make another point, and then we'll end. Oh, yeah. Of uh, knowing the... um, Transcendental nature of the Lord as well as his form. <laughs> Brief pause here. Fourteen, nineteen, nineteen. Hmm. Ah, this is chapter 14, text 19 of the Bhagavad Gita. When one, and well, let me read the, uh, uh, shloka. Nanyam gune biyam kartaram yara drastanu pasyati guna param vati madbhavam so dijagati. When one properly sees that in all activities no other performer is at work, that these modes of nature, I'm sorry, when one properly sees that in all activities no other performer is at work, than these modes of nature, and he knows the Supreme Lord who is transcendental to all modes, all of these modes, he attains my spiritual nature. And a key point here in the um, purport, hmm. one can transcend all the activities of the modes of material nature simply by understanding them properly by learning from the proper soul. The real spiritual master is Krishna, and he is imparting this spiritual... Well, initially he was imparting this knowledge to Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita. Similarly, it is from those who are fully in Krishna consciousness that one has to learn this science of activities in terms of the modes of nature. In... The 
let's see, was it the 11th and the 52nd text of the Bhagavad Gita? Mm-hmm. And it, talk, it speaks of the universal form. It covers quite a bit because we can never say that the information that's given to us in the scripture is lightweight. Srila Prabhupada took his time translating and copying the information as it was, and it's in detail. And it should never, it should never be touched to the extent where one changes the meaning of it at all. This is the uh, 52nd text of the 11th chapter, the universal form. Sri Bhagavan Yuvacha Sudar Sudardasham idam rupam dristavan asiyanmam mam devapyasya rupasya nityam darshana kashana. The Supreme Personality of God had said, My dear Arjun, this form of mine you are now see, seeing is very difficult to behold. Even the demigods are ever seeking the opportunity to see this form, which is so dear. And it goes on in detail. One of the points that it mentions is about the transcendental process um, in the Bhagavad Gita, chapter 4. It is very important that we hear from Krishna's, from authorities. It is very to hear very important to hear about Krishna from authorities. The transcendentalist by continuous Krishna consciousness and devotional service to Krishna can have his spiritual eyes opened and can see Krishna by revelation. Now there are a couple more texts, but I'm going to end at this point. What I am Seeing, and it goes back to, are some key points here. And if you have some additional points, please feel free to share them. But when you were taking to the understanding of Krishna consciousness, what is important is that one surrender oneself to a bona fide spiritual master and that one take to the devotional path of service Because by staying on that devotional path, what ends up happening is that one's heart softens. One develops a relationship with Krishna. One begins to trust and have faith in Krishna. Krishna reciprocates. You will never, ever be able to to give Krishna more than he will give you. All he wants to do, all he desires, is to have the relationship with his child, his son, his daughter. And all that's necessary for us is just taking one step. Because with that one step, Krishna takes multiple steps. But the point is, devotional service is very key to opening the eyes of a non-devotee or neophyte in understanding Krishna consciousness. Now, there are other, there are other um, 
points of interest too. But devotional service is very important because when you're doing something for someone you love, you develop something, some sensation of, I trust you, I have a relationship with you. And it's easier to open up and to become aware of the information that's there available to you. So um, if anyone has any comments, if anyone has any comments, um, please feel free to uh, make yourself known, and then we'll end at this point. Yes, Nitai. Yes, Prabhu. Is it working? Yes. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much, Antaryami Maji. Oh. That was a really wonderful question. Yeah. I hope my my brain was working better today, but <laughs> thank you for that. Um, one of the things that I also understand about service is that um, it's it's like a or to serve is like a constitutional characteristic of the soul. Yes, that. Um, we always serve, and we never ever stop serving. Mm. So it's like even like a mother serves a child, and then the child also serves the mother and giving the mother happiness by just being the child. True. And um, you know, in all parts of our life, we continue to serve others. Sometimes you know we see that the boss, we see a boss as a boss, but actually he's just a bigger servant mm. and having more responsibilities and things like yes. That. So um yeah it's so important that um that it's it's either I mean there's like the Ma Maya and the Yoga Maya mm-hmm. aspect and so it's either we choose to serve the Ma Mahamaya or we cho- choose to serve Krishna. Either one or the other. Either one yes. or the other. So it's it's also that that in itself it's our choice. And um, yeah, I'm so grateful to be here and just having Radha Kalachanji and be able to do some little service. And ah, yes, and all the weather, you come down and you come here. And that's, Krishna notices these things. Krishna sees these things. It, um, as I said, it takes dedication because there's so much going on here. There is so much activity here in the Dham, so much wonderful activity. And you're involved in, in quite a bit of activity. But to take time out and to sit still and hear the scriptures and share, that's important. These are moments that you remember. And the point that you brought up about serving, we're all serving someone in some particular form, whether we realize it or not, we're walking around, oh, I don't listen to anybody or da-da-da. Who are you working for? Where are you getting your means of, of living from? Where's even if it's an animal, you know, that's your 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 favorite, you're serving that animal in some way. You're serving in some capacity. It is human nature to serve, and we don't realize that the highest service is serving Krishna. And then Krishna loves that we serve his devotees because he really needs absolutely nothing but that is the highest form of service, devotional service. It is. Whether you're at work, uh, whether you're at home, uh, mother, child, um, 
significant other, you're serving someone. So why not get the most out of that relationship by the highest form of service, dedicating it to Krishna consciousness? Yes. Thank you. You always have really good points that you bring up, and and that rounds out the class. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Okay, we'll end at this point. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Gaur Pramananda. Hari Bo, Hari Krishna. Oh, Vaishnav Ki Jai. Hari Hari Bo. Is it still raining outside?